Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome. It's Danessa. And James Vincent. And this is the Makeup Show Podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. We are here recording live in Washington, D.C. in a hotel room. (laughs) We are in this small room, I guess, but it's really big and echoey. Yeah, so. We are in the center of the room, just Gathered around <laughs> this huge room around a small table. So don't fall out of love with us. We thought no matter where we were, it was really important that we get this podcast to you today because this is the podcast where we answer the question of all questions. What is an agent? What do they do? And do I need an agent? How do I get one? So this is a perfect time because we're here in Washington, D.C. for the makeup show. And we are so lucky that we had the opportunity to spend the last few days in that delicious program of ours, iArtist, with this incredible human artist, entrepreneur, John Hennessy. John Hennessy. So nice to be here with you both. Thank you. Okay, you guys hear that voice? This is why. This is We're- why I can't tie myself to anyone else on the planet because I'm just waiting. It might be till next lifetime. That yes, voice. I'll see you next lifetime. <laughs> so, so I sweet. am um, so excited to have you joining us for the podcast because I think that you have so much understanding about this industry as a whole. And I think that as an agent, as an artist, as an educator, you understand better than most people a lot of the questions about agents and agency that we get asked all the time. And we thought that this was a great opportunity, even in the middle of the craziness of a makeup show, to sit down with you for a few minutes and get some real information, some really accurate advice from someone who really understands the industry, but also understands why artists are so curious about the role of an agent and so excited to really pursue agency work. Yeah, I know for me, it was such a scary thing, like starting off, especially not having any background in makeup and people saying, oh my God, well, if you want to be successful, you need to find an agent. Um, And just not having any information or resource on how to accomplish that. And then to also have those run-ins where you do try and get one and everything goes really wrong. I have like the biggest horror stories and I know you have horror stories too. Well, I'm going to tell a story a little later, but I would love, John, for those of our listeners who maybe haven't had the amazing opportunity to uh, meet you at one of the makeup shows or on one of your tours, can you tell us a little bit about who you are in the industry and how it led you to the agency? Yeah, of course. Uh, I started as a makeup artist when I was about 19. Uh, just a girlfriend of mine got me interested in it. And uh, I started working with MAC Cosmetics in the in the early days, the, the, uh, the heydays of MAC Cosmetics. Uh, and things just really escalated quickly for me. I started doing more work internationally for the brand and moved from uh, from Vancouver down to L.A., from L.A. to New York. And I uh, just started doing more work on the collections and, and uh, you know, between runway shows and, and uh, film festivals and that type of thing, some celebrity clients. Uh, I left the brand to freelance. Uh, pro- this would, be, would have been probably mid to, uh, like, maybe 2005, 2006. And, uh, and found it really difficult. I mean, I was working independently at that time and trying to uh, hustle like every freelance artist out there. And I was, you know, I had a second job. I left a pretty lucrative position with Mac to explore that freelance side of things. 
And uh, I was I was working in nine dollar an hour jobs, sweeping up cockroaches in a basement on Mulberry wow. Street. Wow! Oh and my God, uh, it sounds like a song. Yeah, well, I, I was I, I was it's a bright eyes song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <you're right. laughs> Not really. Uh, but it was that that contrast of elements. You know, I went from working with celebrity clients at the Cannes Film Festival to that basement in Mulberry Street selling monkey T-shirts, and it was wow. the contrast was pretty pretty dramatic. Um, but it was a hustle. Like we all go, th- we all go through it, and it's about building that content and like just climbing, climbing that ladder step by step. Right. So, so um, you are working as an artist. What a lot of people I think know because I talk about it all the time. John was my first trainer at Mac Cosmetics, even though he's younger than me, and he was really the first person that encouraged me to pursue education and he really inspired me because I think that I thought to be a leader in the industry or to be an educator you had to have a very abrupt personality which was a lot of what we were seeing at the time in the beauty industry and you really encouraged me and I said to you last night um, you know the reason that I think I do a lot of what I do is because of those inspiration pieces that you gave me in the early days so you came from educating at Mac, you're working at Mac, and then you head out on your own as a freelancer. Tell us a little bit about the road to starting your own agency and tell us about the agency that you yeah, have now. Absolutely. Uh, f- uh, after a couple of years of living in New York, uh, my son was born and it was it was time to just be closer to family. So we decided to move back to Vancouver, BC, which is where I'm based now. Uh, and I wasn't sure at that point uh, how things were going to go in terms of what I would do makeup-wise. It's not really known as the fashion capital of North America. Right. Uh, it's like a lot of fleece and Gore-Tex. It's more than anything <laughs> else. Skater boys. Have yeah. never been yeah. to Vancouver. It is the home of cute skater boys. Oh cute skater boys. Uh, so I moved back to Vancouver and, and actually reconnected with, um, with a, a school, the school that I had actually gone to uh, in, in the early days uh, to actually learn how to, how to paint a face. And um, was teaching and just, uh, there were two agencies that were based in Vancouver at the time. One was exclusively artist representation mm-hmm. and the other one was models first and, and then also uh, represented some hairstylists and makeup artists as well. I ended up connecting with one of those two uh, and we worked together for about, a, for about a year and the focus was on really kind of grooming me into the market, really focusing on both makeup and hair. And there were... I got to the point where I realized that I, you know, I have 25 years. Well, at that point, now I have 25 years experience as a makeup artist. At that point, I had about 12, and uh, I had no experience as a hairstylist. So to try and match those skill sets, yeah. I could either I could either work myself into that market or create something new for myself. Uh, I had some. I was fortunate enough to have some great clients that were still in New York, and I was traveling back and forth for jobs, and felt like the representation that I had locally in Vancouver. Um, wasn't necessarily how I would choose to do business myself. Mm. So at that point, I ended up uh, talking to my sister and saying, like, I, I need management. I need, like, something something other than this traditional agency structure. And I ended up um, uh, convincing her to, to leave a, a, a position in production to, uh, to come and work with me and, and uh, help to, you know, help to just manage my business. And really organically, things grew into... into uh, other artists that I was collaborating with, seeing what we were doing and wanting to be a part of it. So it didn't, I didn't start out with the intention of really starting my own agency as much as I wanted management in a different way. 
I love that story because it really just goes back to um, what we share with our listeners all the time. It's not always about waiting. It's often and should always be about creating. I love how you just created the opportunity that made sense for you. And now look at you. It's like we can't even get in contact with you. (laughs) And you really created a big shift in your market. So your agency, Nobisura, is now the largest agency in Western Canada. We're the busiest for sure. Yeah. It's still like a little mom and pop operation. But I love we it. Like, That's so we, crazy. We hustle, we hustle every day and we write some good checks for some very talented artists. And John and his wife, Anna, really have such an eye for editorial work, advertising work. And I think the other thing that you both really have a beautiful kind of insight into is spotting talent mm-hmm. and understanding how to nurture it. I think that's a big a big part of what we wanted to do with the agency and how it's grown is uh, most agencies that you meet with they they want to see a, a like a really healthy portfolio they want to see they want to see a lot of content they want to see a lot of clients and it's easier for someone to take you from like X to Z than it is to take you from A to Z so mm-hmm. that to me is uh, there was an opportunity in like scouting young talent especially when I was teaching at the time I was like all this amazing potential but people don't really know once they leave school how to make that next step and and actually grow in the business so I was able to take on more of a mentor role because although I run the agency with Anna I'm still I'm still very active on set as well you know so that's a unique position most people that are uh, that are bookers or that are agents are not they're not spending time on set they don't see what you're what you're encountering and can't really address those issues I love that. I think that gives you such a different understanding. I want for our our listeners who maybe don't really understand what an agent does, can you speak a little bit about what is the role of an agent? Uh, It really depends on the agency that you're working with. I I can speak to what we do and and what I think an agent should do for you and with you. Uh, An agent is essentially a business partner. For you, you know they are they're there to um, help to help to build your brand. You know, as an individual, I think there are a lot of agencies out there with fifty people on the roster, and you can't possibly give attention to, to that many right. that many individual people unless you have fifty bookers. Um, so, to me, an artist, as I said, as a business partner, you, you strategize. You you know what are what's the direction that you're you're growing your brand? What's your voice in the market? And how do we help to to get you paid? You know speaking that voice. I love that. I know for me, um, I come from a very traditional background. We met at Mac and then I started assisting and kind of moving my way through the agencies. And my first agent, Kim Wilson, who was at Photogenics, really helped me nurture and we put a plan together. Who do you want to be in this industry? Let's help you get there. And there were only five people on the roster, so I was the least known. It was like Billy B and Sharon Galt and Joe Anger and then me. So she really groomed me. But then when the agency folded and she went to a larger agency, I think you're so right. I just, it came, became much more about how much money was I bringing in every month. And although she was still really nurturing with her artist, the overall agency, I think it really became about moving dollars Mm. and that was an environment that I thought I could thrive in. The other piece that I think people don't understand and we talked about it a lot this week and I would love for you to touch on it. 
does the agency then find you all of your work once you have a relationship with an agency? I think artists have a perception you just sit back once you have an agent and they do all, everything for you. I think that's that's why I refer to it as a partnership. You know, it's not, um, I think people look at that as a career milestone. Like once I've, once I've landed an agent, that means that I can like put my feet up and relax. And it's, it's the opposite is true. That's when you like put your foot on the gas pedal. Um, there's like as, as an agent myself, uh, the artists that I'm working with are really, um, they're building in a certain direction and I want to help to coach and get them there. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be agency representation isn't for everyone. You know, it's not something that you have to, uh, you know, think that, that, uh, everything you're working toward is that. Yeah. I remember when I was first introduced to an agent that, was open to working with me, one of the things that they said was, okay, so I have to manage your entire schedule. So all of the things that you're currently doing right now, you have to give those to me um, because I need to control everything. Mm. That kind of turned me off (laughs) because I'm more of an independent, uh, I I like control. I like to control my own day-to-day, especially as a single mom. So that kind of really turned me off. And the other agency that I spoke to, they really wanted to just focus on editorial. So I knew that I was going to be making $100 or $150 whenever they did get me work. So it was just kind of tricky because, you know, you want to earn a living, but at the same time, it's not, as you're being groomed, it's not always a focus for you to get those big jobs. It's like get lots of tears. Mm -hmm. Do you have any opinion on like what, what the best strategy would be or how to, how to approach an agency in a way where it could be a really win-win? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, that's kind of why I started my own thing. I wanted to create a structure that worked for me as an individual Mm -hmm. and that, that in turn, I think works for a lot of other artists. Like that's, as we've said, that's the background I come from. So it's about creating something that works for an, from an artist's perspective as well. Um, in terms of ge- like generating work and generating content, you're talking about the editorial side of things yeah. and, and like actually lucrative paying work, whether it's campaigns or like marketing shoots, e-commerce, all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a combination of those elements that I help, that I think help to build a successful career. You know, you're not going to work necessarily work an e-com job and post all that content, but you do an editorial shoot and you'll post it all. Right. So it's, I think it's getting that, like really striking that balance. And that's what the, the agency is, is there to do. And like in, in our case, for sure, is help to build the editorial side of things or encourage you to generate your own content while we're also, you know, hunting down projects or, or aligning you with the right clients that, that will, you know, allow you to focus on the cre- more creative side of your craft. I love that. And, you know, um, I think that you guys know this. I think I've told the story before. But when I was an assistant, it was very difficult to get work because at that time in New York City, people would say, well, who is your agent? Mm-hmm. And so what I did with a few friends, because I've always been a, a lover of collectives of artists and like salons coming together, and we just got some business cards printed and we would tell people, people would say, what agency are you with? And we would say outlaw agency. And we would basically email each other's, you know, follow-ups on invoices and put it out there because the thing that happens sometimes in fashion is you would say, oh, I'm with outlaw agency, which was something we just made up and people would be like, oh, and this was before websites and all of those things. So it was a little bit easier 
Um, and then recently, a few years ago, because my career really changed, I stepped away from the traditional agency and um, now Jeremy is the one who manages my career and that's what Rebels and Outlaws really came out of. Initially, I wanted it to be an artist collective, but makeup artists are exhausting. (laughs) I can't tell you where I need to be from day to day. So Jeremy was like, um, no. John, can you talk to us a little bit? Like, when is an artist ready to approach an agency and, like, how do they know? Um... It, there are two, two different times you're going to approach agencies, and one is when you one is when you're wanting to assist, and one is when you feel like you're ready for representation. So, depending on which category you fall into, and you know, I've, as somebody who's worked in the business for 25 years, I'm still uh, so happy to go and assist. I mean, there's so many icons in this industry that mm-hmm. I would you know, drop anything to go and to go and support. So, um, when are you ready? That's it's a challenging question to answer because. For us, we work in a smaller market, so we can kind of, I can take on uh, people that are very early in their career or even fresh out of school and like help to mentor them and like grow grow their content with them. Um, in a larger market, obviously, you're, you're talking about uh, New York or any of, any of the other major markets, it's going to be a slightly different formula. LA, people are going to want to see a celebrity client list before, yeah. before they're even going to, you know, take, take a meeting. So... When are you ready? I think the most the most important thing to do is just always be generating new content that you're proud of and really finding like finding your own creative voice, uh, building that content and putting together getting a second opinion. You know, even somebody that's not that's uh, not connected to the industry just to eyeball some of your work and like find find out what images are resonating with them as well and start to, to curate your content. Um, you know, building your social media profiles becomes so much mm-hmm. more important as well. You know, we have an artist on the roster that's got 250,000 followers and we have artists that have 1,000. You know, it's uh, it's not the primary focus, but the social media profiles it become more important as well, for sure. You have an extraordinary artist on your roster, Kelsey, who I go to her page daily just for inspiration. Yeah, yeah she's incredible. When you talk about content, I think, can you talk a little bit about what kind of content um, artists should be creating and like what do you mean by content? Yeah, I think really as far as uh, generating Im- like imagery, it's it's got to be generating something that is um, like what do you aspire to be doing? What areas of the industry do you want do you want to work in? What kind of campaigns do you want to be shooting? Uh, and generating content that's relatable to that. You know, it's always like creating content that's relatable to the clients that you're seeking. I think that's essential. So if, um, as an example, if I wanted to do Victoria's Secrets, um, should I be doing lots of really beautiful beachy makeup and showing that on my page? Should I be testing for swimsuit things? Like, what would be my direction? Yeah, I think that that's, the, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's really, it's about about creating uh, creating imagery that you could see on, you know, in print advertising or on the runway for Victoria's Secret. You know, it's whether it's their, their e-commerce side of things or whether it's their actual um, runway and print advertising. Um, and also aligning yourself with artists, uh, even from a support standpoint, that are creating that type of imagery. Right, that makes sense. Oftentimes when people approach agencies to assist, they, you know, they're 
I'm like, I'd be happy to assist anyone on the roster. Okay, but there's, you know, if there's a roster yeah. of 50 people, there's got to be somebody that's relatable to you in terms of the, the type of imagery that you're generating. And it needs to be more specifically targeted to those people. So if you're wanting to assist, generate content that's relatable to those artists, and, you know, you can throw in some wildcard images as well, but there should be at least the bulk of your content should be something that they can say, okay, you know, my focus is skin. I want to see beautiful skin in the work that you're producing. That's such great advice. I also want to ask you a little bit, when you are looking at someone's portfolio, because this is another big question. We yeah. So for someone's website, not just their social media, how many images should they have before they approach an agent, which I know uh, we kind of addressed. It's a huge question we get. How many images should they have? And what type of images should they have? Mm -hmm. Like if they look at their book, there are they like, okay, now I've got the lip, the skin, the whatever, I can go there. Does that make, does the question make sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense. And it, uh, I mean, what I'm looking for, I want to see a combination of, of tighter beauty images. And I also want to see your, your work in the context of a shoot overall, in the context of fashion. Um, because it's one thing to be an amazing makeup artist. It's another thing to be an amazing collaborator. Yeah, and yeah. knowing that you, that you can work within a team and create something that that's cohesive when you're working with other people. So hair, makeup, styling, everything works together seamlessly. Uh, so I think in terms of quantity, I mean, I, I can spot in half a dozen images, whether it's somebody that I want to work with and whether there's potential in it. But a larger agency is not going to have that same, that same level of interest. So it should be, you know, maybe you have a dozen beauty images and you have like a few fashion stories. And that's, that's like, that's enough to open open doors where you can potentially get in and, and support someone and work work as an assistant in some capacity. That's great. I um, had an experience of going to an agent who basically took every single page out of my book except mm -hmm. for one. Um, yeah. I think hindsight now, I have some understanding of why that was done. Um, but also, I worked um, specifically or mostly on women of color and there were issues surrounding like the balance and skin tone in my book. And I wanted to just get some of your feedback on like how much diversity in a portfolio um, plays. Um, I'm talking about 20 years ago, so it was very different. I know we're in a different time, but if you can give some advice as to like what the representation should be in the content that someone's presenting. I think obviously diversity is essential in, a, in any portfolio. Um, you have to know how to work on every every skin tone. You have to be you have, your kit has to be stocked for for a, for any situation you're going to encounter. And we want to actually see a visual representation of that in the portfolio as well. Like men, kids, or for sure, men's okay. men's grooming is a huge, huge business. You know, from men's fashion weeks and and uh, celebrity clients, and it's that's actually a really um, underexplored category for a lot mm. of people. It's a big growth market Huge. You know, in, Absolutely. in our area too. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the type of artists that should pursue agent representation. You know, not every artist who wants to work in every area of the industry needs representation. Can you talk about maybe the people who should be looking to work with an agent at some point in their career? Yeah, I, I think... Uh, Things are trending in two different directions. It's either really, really small boutique agencies with limited rosters, and then there are the mega agencies where, as I said, you've got like 100 people on the roster. 
Um, for for me, as I said, how I started the agency was really uh, by bringing in one additional person, and that in that case with my sister, and I was I, I was ghostwriting the emails as well, right. and she was sending them. So James, you and I have a, a similar story there yeah. as well. Um, at what point should you be looking for agency representation? When or what what area? Like if you want to pursue a great bridal career or yeah. if you want to work in FX or TV or film, are these areas that you should look for agency representation or is it really more someone who wants to work in fashion or celebrity? Yeah, that's, that's it. I, I, although there are bridal agencies and some some agencies do also field, field calls for, for bridal work, which is a really lucrative business too. Um, fashion and advertising tends to be the primary the primary area that you'll uh, that you'll be focusing on agency representation. Thank you. I also want to talk, you know, and for, celebrity for that matter too. Celebrity yeah. is yeah. for me. That's when you really need the agent because the negotiations and stuff are a little tough. That's why Jeremy does handles all of those. Pieces. Yeah, and I hear so many stories. I guess the time now is different because there were so many people who just get hired from the social media or work for a celebrity for free. Yeah. Um to say that they're a celebrity artist. So I think it gets kind of the idea of having an agent for a celebrity makes total sense because I I don't hear too many like super success stories um long-term success stories when it's done like without an initial protection. I think that's really what for me, what I needed an agent for and now what I need a manager for is that I'm not great at the negotiation. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at asking for what I need. I'm not great at um, playing the bad guy. Yeah. I'm not great at detail. So the idea of figuring out when I might need to fly in, what when I need to be on set, what I need for assistance, etc., I really need someone to put those pieces in place. And I say to Jeremy all the time, he's the best agent for me because it's a partnership. So he really wants me to be taken care of. And I think I've always had agents who have done that. I want to talk, um, I know we've got to wrap up, but I want to talk a little bit about the idea of rejection. I think it can be so difficult to bring your portfolio forward or pursue an agent. I love this question. We hear artists say all the time, I'm not ready. I can't show anyone my portfolio. Oh, they're devastated when somebody says, take every Mm -hmm. single thing out of it and start all over. And it means that they're failed. Yeah. I had a situation where an agency asked me to come in because they were interested in signing me. And the head of the agency went through my book, which was all published work at the time, and hated it. Was like, ugh, what is this? I was like, that's shot by Terry Richardson. Ugh, what is this? I was like, that's the cover of paper. And he basically told me my book made him nauseous. And I wanted oh to say well, he would be nauseated, not nauseous. But what <laughs> and, you know, it was really difficult to hear that because you put so much into it. Yeah. What advice would you have for our artists that maybe are pursuing agency or pursuing assisting and don't get selected for the first mm. time? You think about how many auditions an actor goes to before they actually land a role. Right. I mean, that's there's a lot of pounding the pavement. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a art is an objective thing. Right. I mean, as an agency, they're they're looking for how you can generate how you can generate revenue. Right. Ultimately, that's so as far as the artistry side of things, they may not see dollar signs in the in the, the images that you're creating. Uh, it doesn't make the images any less valid. It just makes the 
uh, dynamic in terms of, of what you can do together a little bit more skewed. So um, how do you handle the rejection? I mean, there's it's what, what content you want to put forward first and which agencies that you're, you're approaching. I think that's, you have to, to, we're always shifting our portfolios back from, from the days when we we're carrying around physical physical portfolios. You're going to shift around the images based on the clients that, yeah. you're, that you're meeting with, and I think that's important when you're when you're dealing with agencies as well. It's like they, a lot of agencies obviously they want to see a cleaner, more commercial style of work because that's the where the bulk of, of the work actually is. Um, we as artists often often want to put the editorial, the exciting stuff, like the conceptual stuff at the front, and that's that's. Um, that's not where you're going to do business together mm. at that stage. So I'd say it's it's just shift, shifting the content, just just like being being aware that that it is a it is a business partnership and like how can we do business together. I appreciate I this it. advice so much, John. I know we have to wrap up for our listeners. Um, where can they find out information about the agency and your agency? Information about the projects that you have coming up. Uh, you can check us out at nobasura.com, N-O-B-A-S-U-R-A, uh, Nobasura Clubhouse on Instagram, and oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and J underscore Hennessy. Yeah, it's like the coolest agency. I know. I was like, really? It sounds like a club. Yeah. I know. I, <laughs> would like look, I would be like, oh man, they're the cool kids. Exactly. Club. We kind of we look at it more like a record label than we do an artist agency, yeah. and I think it. Oh, it, that's so cool. Yeah, it just kind of speaks more. Let's to Let's redo our books. I know. I know. I want to redo my life. I want to be I'm able never, to say no, Basura. Yeah. We're like rock stars, but no. ages. Yeah. <laughs> Clubhouse for life. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us, especially, you know, with your crazy schedule and all that's been going on in the last few days. We really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners really appreciate it. I think this is the advice that is the spark that should set you moving forward. The fact that John is able to give you advice from the artistry side, from the agent side. These are words of wisdom, and we appreciate you so much. Thank you, John. Thank, thank you, so you. Much. And yeah. thank you for our listeners. You know how much we love you, and we want to continue to bring you this kind of content. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Makeup Show Podcast. And follow us on Instagram, at Makeup Show Podcast. I think when this episode goes live, I'm going to post some old photos of John and I. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to die. I cannot <laughs> wait. From I our McCoy days 26 years ago. I know I haven't changed in the last 26 years. I exactly <laughs> well, guys, we showed you're going to have tons of questions. So keep sending us your questions and ideas for future podcasts at themakeupshow at gmail.com. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you.